2 Kings chapter 5, verses 15 to 27. Then he returned to the man of God, he and all his company. And he came and stood before him. And he said, Behold, I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. So accept now a present from your servant. But he said, As the Lord lives, before whom I stand, I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. Then Naaman said, If not, please let there be given to your servant two mule loads of earth. For from now on, your servant will not offer burnt offering or sacrifice to any god but the Lord. In this matter, may the Lord pardon your servant when my master goes into the house of Rimmon to worship there, leaning on my arm, and I bow myself in the house of Rimmon. When I bow myself in the house of Rimmon, the Lord pardon your servant in this matter. He said to him, Go in peace. But when Naaman had gone from him a short distance, Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, See, my master has spared this Naaman the Syrian in not accepting from his hand what he brought. As the Lord lives, I will run after him and get something from him. So Gehazi followed Naaman. And when Naaman saw someone running after him, he got down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? And he said, All is well. My master has sent me to say, There have just now come to me from the hill country of Ephraim two young men of the sons of the prophets. Please give them a talent of silver and two changes of clothing. And Naaman said, Be pleased to accept two talents. And he urged him and tied up two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of clothing and laid them on two of his servants. And they carried them before Gehazi. And when he came to the hill, he took them from their hand and put them in the house, and he sent the man, men away, and they departed. He went in and stood before his master, and Elisha said to him, Where have you been, Gehazi? And he said, Your servant went nowhere. <laughs> but he said to him, Did not my heart go when the man turned from his chariot to meet you? Was it a time to accept money and garments, olive orchards and vineyards, sheep and oxen, male servants and female servants. Therefore the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and to your descendants forever. So he went out from his presence, a leper, like snow. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so Gehazi, Gehazi is an interesting fella. Um, you know, if you go back to Second Kings 4, which we've read on our daily rhythm before, there's this story where Elisha... Um, he he raises a, the Shunammite woman's son, and uh, you know, but not without Gehazi. He basically tries to have Gehazi handle the situation, um, and he is unable to. And so, there's this like interesting um, sort of spiritual um, impotence that is following mm-hmm. Gehazi throughout mm-hmm. this narrative so far, and now we have this really shady instance in which Gehazi, he tries to leverage what has just happened. Um, and you know, you, uh, you get the sense like he was actually the one to tell, uh, Naaman to cleanse in the river. And so he, uh, he probably feels like a little shorthanded and he's like, well, I'm going to go get mine for doing this. And so he follows up, gets, you know, um, kind of what ultimately was like a small, um, 
gift from Naaman. Like mm. he didn't ask for like a huge thing. Um, and then the judgment of God falls on him. So buyers, what are your thoughts on everything going on here? Yeah, I was really hoping we were going to spend some time on clarifying what uh, two mule loads of earth yeah. is, but <laughs> since you've totally ignored that, we'll go the other way. Uh, That's fair. That's fair. Um, it's interesting, after all that we read about yesterday um, in Naaman being healed, sort of uh, being taught about the God's economy mm-hmm. of where, where power actually sits um, mm-hmm. and the upside-down nature of the kingdom yeah. versus where the world would tell us uh, the power um, to heal and command armies and and the sort uh, resides. He still, even after being healed, he still has this expectation that there's a cost mm-hmm. to him of mm-hmm. of that healing. It it doesn't occur to him that this is an act of of grace. Yeah, that the healing was a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, after Elijah or Elisha responds, making it clear that. He won't accept any sort of payment mm-hmm. uh, for this. He goes about his way, which makes Gehazi's behavior uh, all the more um, sinister, I think, because yeah. he, in a certain sense, we we do get a really good understanding of Gehazi's heart here because, in a sense, he is absolutely seeking to take advantage of, of a certain vulnerability um, mm. in Naaman's understanding of what's just happened to him. Mm-hmm. Of course, Naaman responds generously um without hesitation to at least the text would tell us that yeah. Naaman responds without hesitation to Gazi's yeah. uh, request but Naaman's kind of like the good guy yeah we we he the the light is dawning on him yeah and we see uh in contrast to um his blindness to the realities of the world mm-hmm. um being exposed to the light mm-hmm. and God's realities Mm-hmm. We see the exact opposite happening here with Ghazi. It begins yeah. by this impotence, as you say, I think is a great way to describe it, spiritual impotence. Mm-hmm. And now we see him you know, embracing the darkness yeah. willfully yeah. even more. Yeah, you know, Ghazi, it's interesting to think about. So there was a, there was a man, I don't know if you've heard of him, Byers. His name is Elijah. Um, familiar? Uh, I thought we were on Elisha. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of Elijah. So Elijah was a great prophet of the Lord. Taken up into heaven. Right? Taken up into heaven. Yeah, yeah. Um, that doesn't happen every day. Um, <laughs> and so Elijah had, you know, a protege named Elisha, who we're now with in Second Kings. Yep. And so Elisha has a, a servant, uh, you know, sort of protege type named Gehazi. And, you know, it's, it's actually interesting because we see that he's more like Elisha is actually sort of entrusting these important spiritual tasks to him. He's trying to bring him up to speed. Yeah. This must be the case because we're given his name, right? Which is exactly. Exactly. And, and we see, you know, like it's more than just servant duties. Yeah. Like Elisha tries to have Gehazi um, perform like spiritual things like yeah. resurrection and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So this is so Gehazi. You can imagine he's kind of big chested. Like he's he's the second down line from Elijah. He's Elisha's man. Everybody knows about Elisha. Um, even this little servant girl in Syria knows about Elisha. Mm-hmm. And one day everybody's going to know about Gehazi. Mm. 
you know, one day Elisha's going to be taken up in bodily form. He's and, on the fast track. Yeah, he, he's right? on the fast track. Yeah. He's, he's in the apprenticeship. He's going places. He's in the apprenticeship program yeah. of yeah. of God. And so, you know, but surely enough, as often happens, you know, it's like, it, and it's so sad and hard to read, but throughout the Bible, whether it's a kingdom or a family or like a prophetic line like this, power and prosperity cannot stay in one line very long before it starts to seduce people's hearts away from God. Yeah. And so greed seduces the heart of Gehazi and he realizes that this whole, you know, man of God thing can be really easy to leverage to get what he wants. Mm. And, you know, and you can just imagine the steps of justification of, a, you know, so we're told in yesterday's reading that Naaman, he rolls into Israel with like 10 changes of clothing with all this stuff that he's like ready to dispense for the person who would heal him. And, you know, all Gehazi's asking for is just a couple of talents of silver, a couple of changes of clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's low key. And yet this is so detestable to God and, and it, it it's kind of reminiscent of Achan or Achan, mm. uh, who you know robs just a little bit of gold from Jericho. Um, the the work of God, like it, it's simply like greed is so antithetical to God's kingdom mm. and to God's rule and reign, and it also just totally uh, displays that you do not have an ultimate perspective, mm. but you, you have the same perspective as the sinners that you would look down on. Um, and that's what Jesus rages against in his ministry. And, uh, you know, I think there's great comfort in that. There's great conviction. So I don't know if you, you have any other. Yeah. I, I mean, you're a poet. What is it called where you, you kind of, you go into something in a certain order and then you come out and it's almost like the mirror is a chiasm or something like that. Yes, that makes sense? A chiasm. So, so it's yes. almost like if we go but, back to yesterday's reading, the beginning of chapter five and we finished today. So we begin with this picture of Naaman who's got a physical ailment. Mm-hmm. It's like almost, but as we learn more about Naaman, we see that what he's really got is a haughty heart. <laughs> so we've got an outward manifestation of what uh, it, it, yeah, it somewhat yeah. becomes is an inward reality for mm-hmm. for Naaman. Mm-hmm. And he's transformed almost in an instant. His understanding, at least, of the realities of the world, of mm-hmm. God's economy, changes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, coming out of the story now, we see Gehazi, in a similar fashion, he's being trained by a man of God, mm-hmm. and yet his heart betrays everything that he's being taught. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the story, so we see this hardness of heart that's in Gehazi mm. and at the end of the story now we see he, he's cursed and we've got an outward manifestation of what really amounts to a, a wayward heart mm-hmm. um, so it's a interesting kind of that's um, a yeah that's a symmetry great. to the story here between Naaman and Gehazi mm-hmm. and another interesting comparison to make just as we close so we have Gehazi like we said star student the world <laughs> is his oyster yeah. you know and um, he, he loses it all and it, it's really all amounts to nothing in God's economy. And then there's another character that many of us might have forgotten about by now. And it's this little slave girl mm. who we're told was yeah. carried off in a raid. And so, you know, just to like imagine the heart wrenching, like 
cries as she was like torn away from her family that was killed or like whatever happened there. Um, This is like as destitute a position as you can be. And yet she, she displays this sense of faith and faithfulness in God that, Mm -hmm. you know, her, her master is sick and she sends, she is the reason that, that Naaman ends up in this situation at all. And, you know, I, I think that you can see like there's there's this like love of enemies going on and there's this like faith in the power of God going on. And so I, I think it's another glimpse again in the story of God's upside down kingdom where one of the most honorable kingdom or sorry, one of the most honorable people is one of the most lowly and despised of earthly standing. And yeah. So, yeah. Um, a lot here and you know who would have thought that 2 Kings 5 would be so resonant with the gospel of Luke yeah Um, Yeah. but it surely is so for Jason Byers this is Will Carlisle and we will see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm I'm Jason Dees one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's word If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.